0: It, I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, how do we begin today? I guess I could say that I don't even remember the last time that we recorded a podcast. I know it had to be at some point last week because we do these every week, but we've entered this new post apocalyptic world with so much going on. Uh, I'm sure those of you who follow me on social media know that. Where I live now, in the mountains, in the Sierra Nevada, that house is literally in danger of, of catching fire and burning down. We thought that it might have burned down, but uh, so far, so good. They've just been pouring flame retardant on it from the fire planes all day today. We finally got uh, you know a little bit of a notice that it, that it is still standing. Uh, but there was a big mushroom cloud of a fire there for three days, so we, we had no idea what was going on. Anyway, I got out. I have no belongings with me right now except for one duffel bag. I come to the Bay Area where it seems that that smoke and that fire and everything has followed me. Uh, Today, we all woke up here in the Bay Area, especially Dennis and I, because we both woke up in San Francisco to blood orange skies, which is a product of all of the fires in California, and that smoke and ash coming to the Bay Area and mixing with the marine layer. Uh, So it's a very uniquely Bay Area Tinge to these fires, and it it was, you know, like something out of a movie. Kyle Shanahan said it looked like the Book of Eli. Um, We've had Blade Runner references. Uh, It'd be just so much happening at once. And the 49ers actually held their first practice of the regular season on Wednesday in the midst of these orange skies. They weren't quite as orange in Santa Clara, and, and Matt lives down that way, but it was still pretty orange. The practices happened because their quality index actually isn't that bad because the marine layer is actually protecting us. That's a whole different story, though. But God, uh, uh, I hope I summarized what has happened the last week there just to get us on the right page well. And, and God, Matt, the, the first practice of this cursed year, 2020, happens in, under these skies. I mean, you, you just can't script this year, and it it certainly has just taken another twist that Uh, you know, would defy even the greatest movie script.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such a a topsy-turvy year already, and it got even weirder somehow this week. Um, Yeah, uh, 2020, uh, there's going to be just a huge toast on uh, New Year's Eve this year just to get 2020 in our rearview mirror. It's just been such a bad year over and over again. Uh, it's got more and more surprises. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people, especially a lot of people not in nor- Northern California, um, saw the pictures today and figured, oh my gosh, what does that mean for Sunday's game? What does that mean for practices and whatnot? And as David just said, the air quality, while bad, um, wasn't as bad as it's been. I mean, it was up, you know, to the one hundred and fifty aqi index a couple of weeks ago when they were, uh, fires in the Santa Cruz Mountains, fires in the Diablo Range. Those are the two mountain ranges that are on either side of basically where the 49ers are. Uh, today it wasn't quite that bad, and it's not supposed to be that bad on Sunday. So, uh, despite all the oddball-looking uh, photos you're seeing, uh, it looks as if we're gonna, uh, you know, go ahead as scheduled on on Sunday when the Cardinals arrive. But uh, Dennis, you're in San Francisco, and that was an oddball sky. I mean, what were you thinking when you woke up this morning?
2: I get up around 6 o'clock. I have to be in the city to meet trucks full of food to, to feed communities by right, 7. Right, right. Yeah, so at 7 o'clock, it looked like, you know, midnight. And uh, as, as I worked throughout the day, and, you know, I'm usually done around 1 o'clock, I didn't see the sun at all. And uh, a lot of my coworkers were thinking, you know, there was things, you know, this is earthquake weather, did a volcano erupt. It was just kind of weird, but it almost fits in this year. It almost fits perfectly. I remember earlier in the week, early in the month, uh, someone saying there's an asteroid heading towards Earth. So (laughs) I think it fits perfectly. I mean, next thing, I want to hear Godzilla's at the Golden Gate Bridge because- (laughs) Anything that could happen, it it really does feel like twenty twenty. I hate to say cursed, use the word curse, but it really feels like it. And and here in the Bay Area, you know, it you know, my, my my wife's father who lives in Georgia, he called and said, Is California burning down? And and you know, if you look at the news and you look at a lot of reports, it looks like California is about to burn up. So it's just strange, but uh you know the the you know the game must go on and the cardinals are going to going to land on friday and or saturday and whenever they're going to come in uh and this football game's got to happen but it's just weird with everything around it. it it must be hard uh to focus on football right now especially for some of these young guys who are coming from different states across the country and, and now you're in this situation you got the pandemic going on uh, and then you're in California here. And uh, if you're not from California, you're not very familiar with power outages and uh, fires and orange skies and 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 crazy heat like we've had so far. So it's got to be hard to focus. I just hope, I'm sure, uh, coaches are keeping these young players especially focused on the task at hand. And that's the... Uh, the Arizona Cardinals that are coming in for a divisional game comes Sunday.
0: Before we continue, we'd like to tell you that fantasy football draft season is upon us. Due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way you like to gamble on football. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with a new and improved lawnmower, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. It's time to boost your hygiene with the absolute besties with Manscaped. You know what this morning in San Francisco did is it, I think, completely altered our perception of that hashtag that people put on pictures on Instagram and Twitter of no filter, right? (laughs) Because people always are jacking up the colors to make stuff look more colorful, more apocalyptic in some cases. Well, today, all you had to do is point your camera up at the sky and literally you, you had to say no filter because it was so surreal that it seemed that you had to have put a filter on it. But uh, you know, I, I just drove around town this morning. I went and got my acai bowl for breakfast up in Russian Hill because I wanted to go, you know, kind of see the views and see what it all looked like from the different angles. And I thought the most jarring was driving down Columbus toward the Transamerica Pyramid and just that backdrop of uh, blood orange. I think is the the color that I found. I was looking at the color palette to to best describe it, and it, it wasn't just orange it was this reddish orange behind it and like you said Dennis it stayed that way all day because the sun was blocked and that currently is our saving grace and the saving grace of this football game to potentially be played on Sunday while that marine layer is there blocking the sun and obviously the smoke is blocking the sun too Um, it's going to also collect a lot of that smoke and ash, and some of that ash will come through, some of the smoke will come through, but will still stay at a fairly safe level. Now, if the ground warms up enough over the next few days, if that sun somehow pierces through enough, that marine layer will evaporate, that marine layer will be gone, and at that point, the floodgates will be open, and all that fire pollution is going to contaminate the air. To give you guys an idea... Of the difference between you know having the shield of the marine layer and not having one, air quality in the Bay Area was between 69 and 81 today during 49ers practice. Just about an hour east in the Central Valley, they saw AQIs of over 500 today. Wow. So yeah. So and obviously the Central Valley does not have the marine layer. That's the big difference between the Bay Area and elsewhere. And the reason why it was more orange in San Francisco is because San Francisco famously has a thicker marine layer. Than at San Jose, so there's probably a higher chance that the, the air quality doesn't get as bad, uh, you know, at the former Candlestick site. But that stadium's not there anymore, so uh, uh, 49ers will have to hope that it stays okay at Levi's. But they're Matt, they're practicing like uh, w- with a lot of enthusiasm. They're dancing out there today. They're getting healthier. Uh, the first regular season practice today I thought was really energetic, and uh, you know, I think the big news is that Fred Warner is back. He's off of that COVID-19 list, so as far as football goes, if we're just looking at it strictly from those terms, things are looking up and up for the 49ers right
1: now. Yeah, I was really interested in, in Fred Warner because he was on the list, and, and on the list for a while. Um, Richie James went on that list earlier. Um, Wilson did too, Jeff Wilson, and, and they came off fairly quickly after, after four and five days Uh, Fred was on there for 10 days. And so I started to wonder, oh my gosh, he's starting, uh, you know, this could be serious and he could miss this game. But he was out there today and basically Kyle Shanahan said all systems go for Fred Warner. And that's, that's huge. I mean, Fred Warner is on the verge of going from really good inside linebacker to one of the elite guys in this league. So uh, having him out there is imperative, especially against this Arizona Cardinals team. That was a uh, a huge lift, I think, for the defense. Offensively, however, no Brandon Ayuk and no Debo Samuel. And you have to start thinking at this point, even if Samuel came back and practiced on Thursday and Friday, he's been out since June. Are the 49ers really going to push it with him in that foot, I would think, I would hope that the answer is no. And Dennis, we've talked about this in, in the past. He's somebody that, you know, a 220-pound guy, his game is built on putting big stresses on his feet. That's why the, the foot broke in the first place, probably. So I have to start thinking that he's not going to play and that Ayuk I- is a, a big question mark as well, which means that your guy, Dante Pettis, is the next guy up? He's on deck. He and Kendrick Bourne. So that that could be a uh a different wide receiver pairing than we've been imagining for most of the offseason.
2: Yeah, and again, Dante Pettis, I mean he he you know, he gets opportunities. And you know, this, you know, if you're in the NFL, you only get so many opportunities. Uh last last year he kind of got in the doghouse a little bit. Now here's another opportunity. You have a division a divisional game, your first game. You got uh, two injuries on your your receiving crew, and, and now here you are, another high, high rounder top pick traded up to get you high potential ceiling, you know, out of this world. Here's another opportunity for you to do it. So, you know, the word is that he's he's been having a good camp. Hopefully it translates into good play on the football field during a regular season game. But you know he's a guy that you know we we know what he can do. I mean he's he's had flashes. Um you know he's he's a guy that can separate. He's a guy that you get the ball to him in space. I know he doesn't want to run up the middle. He doesn't want to take that big hit, but he's a guy if he gets the ball in his hands, um he can make some some exciting things happen. So I just hope Dante sees this again. Another opportunity is going to fall into my lap. Uh, and then capitalize on it because like I said, you only get so many opportunities in the NFL. And the thing that I'm most concerned about is, you know, these guys is that you know, there's no preseason. And these guys have to hit the field, hit the field, especially on defense. You got to hit the field running. Uh, and these guys aren't used to you know plan 30, 40, 50 snaps. And you're playing against a team, Arizona, and they want to run. They want to run. And 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 the best way to keep that offense, Kyler Murray, off off the football field is have these long drives on offense so i just hope these guys got their win i hope they're 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 ready if, if air quality is is even a little bit high it's going to affect because arizona wants to run the ball i mean they want they want to run they want to be fast they want to be quick so defense has to get off the field and offense has to stay on the field
0: let's pause to tell you about fubo.tv Fubo.tv has a family plan where three people can watch at once. 15% off for the first month, 30 hours of DVR and local broadcast. With NFL season kicking off tonight, Fubo.tv will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as local broadcast news. So go to Fubo.tv forward slash athletic today and get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. That's Fubo.tv forward slash athletic Start your first month today. Speaking of Dante Pettis, I think it's fitting. His last hurrah last season was against Arizona. Remember Halloween night? He did the thriller dance after that insanely nice pass from Jimmy Garoppolo. He just arced that thing in there toward the back corner of the end zone, and Pettis caught it. That was in week nine. 49ers moved to 8-0, and then they lost to Seattle the next week in a game where Dante Pettis Did not perform well. And, you know, he really started descending down the depth chart after that point. But, you know, it's easy to overgeneralize Dante Pettis' 2019 season because, you know, Kyle Shanahan did seem to put him in the doghouse toward the end of training camp right before week one. But that would not be wholly accurate, even though Shanahan was never particularly pleased with Pettis last year he delivered the game-winning touchdown against Pittsburgh in week three and he also delivered a huge uh touchdown catch against Arizona in week nine it wasn't till after that he you know went MIA and then was inactive in the Super Bowl so uh, possibly you know playing the Cardinals again they had a horrible pass defense last year the 49ers really preyed on that in fact that you know Jimmy Garoppolo I think this is one of the stats that really blows me away about the matchup with the Cardinals. He had two of his best games statistically against Arizona last year, and he played seven of his eight quarters against the Cardinals without George Kittle. That's obviously the centerpiece of everything that the 49ers do offensively, yet they didn't even need him to completely light the Cardinals secondary on fire last year. Since then, Arizona has picked up Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. We talked to Cliff Kingsbury today he obviously would not tell us who he plans on matching up with George Kittle, be it Buda Baker or Simmons. But Matt, I think we might see a little bit of both because it seems like Kingsbury likes the idea of a really athletic six-four linebacker, um, you know, trying his best against George Kittle. Because you know, one thing that Cliff said today, when I was talking and asking about uh, you know the George Kittle matchup, and I think Kyle Shanahan said this too, but it, 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 the the size advantage for George Kittle over Buda Baker last year is what allowed him to score that spectacular touchdown and even though Buda Baker 's paid a lot of money now and he 's a great coverage guy, that size advantage has not gone away, so I think that we may see the Cardinals try to use one of their new toys to, to stop the the forty nine ers best weapon
1: yeah Isaiah Simmons is six foot four he 's got thirty four inch arms so he's uh, you know he 's built to be a tight end stopper um, and, and uh, those familiar with with him and, and Clemson know that uh he's played just about everything in that defense he played safety he played linebacker a little defensive end even a little cornerback um he's somebody that got closer and closer to the line of scrimmage uh every year in college so he's been sort of inching towards that more of a linebacker role than a safety role and that's where the the cardinals are going to play him but yeah that'll be interesting to kind of watch that see what kind of uh tricks the the Cardinals have up their sleeve you know especially with Debo Samuel and and IU possibly not playing uh, that you you would think that the the 49ers would go even more heavily towards their running backs and and to George Kittle the wrinkle that they've got in store is they have Jordan Reed uh, and and that to me is also going to be interesting uh, the, the 49ers obviously have to walk a fine line with Jordan Reed someone who's had seven Documented concussions uh, since college at Florida, so they have to be restrained enough to, uh, you know, keep him from being injured. Uh, but they also want to to use him to their advantage, and and teams are really kind of thinking about that. You now, uh, George Kittle already a matchup issue for defenses. Now you're throwing in uh, Jordan Reed, who who runs routes perhaps even better than Kittle does at tight end. He's not the blocker Kittle is. He's not the the yak guy that Kittle is, but uh it's a formidable matchup nightmare for uh a defense. And so that that chess match Dennis is going to be a really interesting one to watch. Cardinals defense was not good last year, uh but it's something that they've tried to get better at, tried to augment in the offseason.
2: If the 49ers kind of get in a in a in a bind with receivers and you start running that 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 too tight set that Cal Shanahan likes, it's, it's a matchup mismatch. It's a, it's a matchup problem for any defense because we know what George Kittle can do. This Jordan Reed kid, I mean, he's like a basketball player. I mean, the way he runs, he runs his routes. He's got soft hands. Uh, and on any defense, you maybe you can cover one tight end if you got a mismatch, a linebacker, or a strong safety. But if you got two tight ends that you can't cover with a linebacker or a strong safety or even a nickelback – you got issues. So I, I I think you're going to see a lot of two tight sets. I think you're going to see a lot of creative uh, uh, game calling, game planning by Kyle Shanahan that he, I think he's going to feature his tight ends and his flankers. And I think you're going to see uh, Reed just be that guy, that finesse guy. Now, if he can stay healthy, he can be, you know, that's another dimension, another level uh, to this offense because he's got such soft hands he plays like a basketball player. He's that guy that's going to go up and get that high ball. He's that guy that's going to separate. He's a guy that's going to use his body, uh, to block off defenders and he's fast. And I think, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're going to see a lot of hit featuring Jordan Reed. Uh, especially against this this uh, Cardinal defense.
0: Yeah, this is just such an intriguing divisional matchup because I think these two teams have a lot of similarities. Obviously, the schemes that they run are different, but you look at two young, offensive-minded head coaches, both of whom are coaching a quarterback who's about to enter his second full season starting. So both teams are expecting a jump from their quarterback position. The 49ers from Jimmy Garoppolo and the Cardinals from Kyler Murray – uh, but both of these offenses, despite obviously coming at, at uh, things from a totally different approach, the Cardinals are, are a team that's going to run out about you know 500 different wide receivers every week at you. While The 49ers are a little bit more tight end and size heavy, and they also run with the fullback. At the end of the day, both of these offenses are still very multiple. They will attack you with the pass. They're going to attack you with the run, and they will attack you with different formations. That's something that Kyle Shanahan was emphasizing about Cliff. Kingsbury's offense today. Everybody stereotypes it and says, oh, this is the air raid. He's bringing it from the Big 12 and he's just throwing 65 times a game. That actually couldn't be further from the truth. Last year, we saw the Cardinals run successfully uh, with Kenyon Drake against the 49ers uh, in in both meetings they they were able to to run a lot of those draws they were able to run screen passes that was I think the big Achilles heel for the 49ers last year defensively until they solved that later in the year but the first team to really expose that problem, because the 49ers' pass rush was so good, was the Cardinals in Week 9 with their speed. So you got two fast teams, multiple offenses going at each other. And last season, we saw two high-scoring games, both of which the 49ers won narrowly. And Matt, the difference in both games... And the reason why the 49ers won the division and NFC and the Cardinals did not make the playoffs is because the 49ers defense was better. They were not spectacular against the Cardinals last year, but they were still better than the Cardinals defense was against the 49ers. And I think that's what's ultimately going to determine this game. If the 49ers defense is still ahead of Arizona's, I think they're going to win on Sunday.
1: Yeah, um, and that was the issue with Arizona last year. They were really weak up the middle, and they tried to bolster that with a couple of... uh, uh, draft picks, uh, defensive linemen, just just big 300-pound types of guys, kind of like what the 49ers did with their first-round pick in Javon Kinlaw. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I just remember Kenyon Drake uh, last year. I think he was uh, a new arrival in Arizona when they played that uh, Halloween night game, and he was running roughshod on the 49ers. And it was actually Kenyon Drake who um, you know, big, big tackle late in the game by Quan Alexander. It was actually a remarkable open field stop, but it was the play that uh, uh, Alexander broke his uh, pectoral muscle. Yeah. So um, that was uh, that was huge for this team. So I have to believe, as you noted, that they're not going to be caught off guard by all the screens. Uh, and that's a great way to neutralize this, this 49ers pass rush, just the quick passes, get the ball out, um, Kyler Murray was sacked 48 times last year. That, that tied for, for most in the NFL. Nick Bosa didn't have any of them. Uh, Bosa hasn't, has yet to sack a NFC West uh, quarterback, and that's by design. Uh, and uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals did a great job of uh, trying to get around that. Dennis, how frustrating is that for a defensive lineman when uh, you need to get a hit on the quarterback, you need to get a sack? And they're just getting the ball out so quickly that it's sort of neutralizing that pass rush.
2: Well, I mean, when, when you play against a quarterback like a Kyler Murray, I mean, you have to understand that he can beat you with his legs and his arm. Uh, and you, you kind of have to make him one-dimensional. And you want a guy, you don't want him running up and down the field, which we saw uh, that Halloween game. When you start running a lot of those screens and draws, you have to kind of contain him. You have to be very disciplined. Uh, in your rush lanes, because that's what he's going to be looking for. The 49ers, I think last season was number, number one against the pass, uh, weren't so good against the run. So I think, you know, Kyler's a guy that, you know, with, with Drake and then what, what he can do with his legs and what Kyler Murray can do with his legs and his arms, you have to focus on kind of containing a guy like that. Make him beat you with his arm. Don't let him be that dual threat quarterback where he can pull the ball down and run 30 yards down the field so yeah you want to get a hit on a quarterback like him you little guy like that you want to you know get get upside his head a little bit but you don't want to start getting out your rush lanes trying to get that big hit because that's kind of what he wants you to do he kind of wants you to take that lunge at him he does that little quick turnaround or he he pulls the ball down climbs the pocket finds that lane next thing you know he's 20 yards down the field so you got to be real disciplined uh, come Sunday, this defensive front has to be very disciplined, Uh, not let him get those big gains. Understand that part of the game plan is going to be, you know, this team wants to run quick. It's like a fast break. They want to get the ball. They want to get to the line of scrimmage. They want to snap the ball. They want to keep you from substituting. They want to keep certain personnel on the field and they want to go. They want to go. So it's important to get off the football field against an Arizona offense and not let Cali get that. That confidence where he can beat you with his arms and his legs. So you got to be very disciplined, run lanes. And if you get a shot, take a shot, but make sure it's a good shot and and he's going to be there. You know, when you have that, uh, when you want to tackle him, he's not going to be running down the field.
0: Let's take a quick time out to tell you about our subscription promotion. Don't miss exclusive, in depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets the athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com forward slash here's the catch, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite team. So go to theathletic.com forward slash here's the catch to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. We hope to see you there. Last year, the 49ers played Arizona twice in three weeks. They played them in week nine and they played them in week 11, and then remember the first loss against Seattle at home was sandwiched in between those two games, but it actually ended up being really interesting because it allowed us to diagnose some 49ers defensive weaknesses and and quickly react to them in our analysis because the first time that the two teams played is when all those screen passes that Dennis is talking about happened. Uh, with great success against the 49ers. So then I started talking about it in the locker room, you know, I was asking all the defensive linemen and the linebackers about it. And that's when I first learned the term stack monsters, the 49ers. And I don't know if other teams do this, but in the 49ers building, a defensive lineman who is in pursuit of a screen pass from behind is referred to as a stack monster, which I just thought was a a, a cool name. And uh, that was, you know, from week nine to 11, while the 49ers, you know, were preparing for the Seahawks and then again for the Cardinals, I can't, you know, even count how many times I heard the word stack monsters repeated in in the locker room and it, it, to be honest, the 49ers did adapt and they became effective stack monsters because for the first 7 or 8 weeks of the season Boy, we just saw that pass rush dominating opponents. You know, they were playing some weaker quarterbacks too, but they were, they looked great. They're overwhelming people. And it wasn't until Arizona was burning them with that screen game did the 49ers defensive linemen really have to start thinking about sprinting downfield, not getting too eager on their rush after the quarterback and becoming those stack monsters. So it's going to be a chess match, Matt. I wonder if Cliff Kingsbury has something else up his sleeve. If the screen passes don't work, if the 49ers are ready for those, if they stay disciplined, hey, if, if Javon Kinlaw uh, occupies some double teams inside, maybe the, the run game won't be operating with as much space for Arizona. Uh, I think that to, to beat this version of the 49ers defense, which I think may be better than last year in this kind of game, uh, because I, I don't think Arizona has much of a you know, power rushing attack. I think that the the fact the 49ers, their linebackers are all healthy. They're faster. I think in space they can be better in this type of game. I think that Kyler Murray is going to have to show that he's taking that next step right now, week one, to beat this 49ers defense because uh, this is two high-powered units, I think, that could be going at each other on Sunday.
1: Well, if they're expecting him to be Russell Wilson and carrying that, that offense the way that Wilson does... Uh, It it might be a couple of years uh, before that happens. Russell Wilson didn't become Russell Wilson until a few years ago. He was always on on his way. Uh, The arc was always kind of leaning in that direction. So that would be a 49ers advantage. Um, You're talking about stack monsters, and it made me think of uh, the 49ers depth at defensive end um and it's better than it was in in uh, the second meeting against the cardinals last year but it's uh, it's a bit of an issue with uh Ronald Blair starting the season on PUP um and uh i just wonder th- this is a a different season the the 49ers every team will be allowed to elevate two practice squatters, uh two of their 16 practice squad players up to the game day roster and, uh, you know, as Dennis was saying earlier, you're, you're talking about the, the fast pace of the Cardinals' offense. You're talking about the air quality. I wonder if one of those two guys isn't going to be a defensive lineman. And uh, I would think that uh, Deion Jordan would be the, the logical choice if it is. The other options are offensive linemen. Uh, the 49ers have a, an ankle injury that they're dealing with with uh, Ben in the center. So. Hirano Scrosu, the center could, could do it, and then wide receiver. Uh, if there's no Brandon Ayuk, if there's no Debo Samuel, that leaves them with four at that position. They like they like to have five guys in uniform. So that means that, that Kevin White or River Craycraft, two guys that you know f- feels like they just they just barely got here. Um, might be uh, in uniform for the Cardinals game, but that's uh that's more to that sort of chess match that's being played the 49ers need to have a, a personnel chess match as well in order to kind of uh, stay ready, stay prepared for that fast break offense Dennis
2: yeah, and you know again welcome to the NFL Javon Kinlaw. I mean you you're thrown in the fire I mean if if you're going to go out and you you have to play now and you have to prove yourself against an offense that I mean we're talking about does if, if Kyler Murray, if he's gonna become that that Russell Wilson, I mean, look at what they've kind of given. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, we know what he can do. Christian Kurt, we saw what he can do last year. And then you get DeAndre Hopkins kind of kind of thrown in your lap there. So he's got some weapons and, and you know what Drake. Kenyon Drake, what he did to the 49ers. So, you know, they've set this offense is set to be pretty, I mean, as far as putting points on the board and being efficient and running the ball and being fast, uh, they're set up. So the 49ers are going to have, I mean, you have to really come out and, and really get after it. You got to keep, the only way I think you keep this team from scoring, you know, maybe 20, 30 points in a football game is keep them off the football field. So because they're they're just with that offense, just with their weapons and with the quarterback and the running back, you got to get after it. You have to be very disciplined uh, and you have to shut this offense down because I think they have the ability to score a lot of points.
0: Well, the best defense can be a good offense, especially in games that turn into track meets. And the 49ers, I think, are definitely equipped to score some points again be multiple they can attack you from every which direction they've spent the past few years stockpiling talent at multiple different positions so they should be very well balanced this year but one potential problem can come if the very centerpiece the engine of that offense is damaged and by the engine I mean the center quarterback battery Uh, the starter is out for sure Weston Richburg is shelved for the first six weeks of the season the problem that we've already talked about on this podcast during training camp is that his backup, Ben Garland, sprained his ankle a few weeks ago. The ankle sprain was actually a little bit worse than we initially thought. And, uh, you know, it started to seem to threaten his week one availability. Well, the good news is that for the 49ers, Ben Garland practiced in a limited capacity on Wednesday, which indicates that he should be ready to go on Sunday. But. I think that comes with a couple things that need to be discussed. One, 49ers certainly hope that Ben Garland is at or close to 100% for Sunday. And if he's not, and if he's not available, they're going to need another heck of a performance and a pinch from Daniel Brunskill, who presumably would start at center. Because, Matt, we've seen center issues derail this 49ers team before. They did against Seattle in Week 10 last year. Uh, They have at Arizona back in 2018. They didn't have Weston Richburg. Remember, Eric Magnuson was the center for that game, and he was snapping it over C.J. Beathard's head. And, I mean, we're talking like 40-yard losses were happening. I mean, that could could destroy an entire game plan. I I don't care if you lose your top receiver. In an offense like Kyle Shanahan's, you have a lot of other weapons that you can – you know, work around. That's why they're able to beat the Cardinals without George Kittle last year. But if your center is struggling to snap to your quarterback, and if your center is struggling to block interior linemen, so Garoppolo's is getting killed on every play, uh, th- that's a you know much more vulnerable fracture point for a team so I think that the fact that Garland was back at practice today is really important for the 49ers and they, they need to hope that keeps on trending up
1: yeah I mean mobility for a center is so important in this offense and, and we saw Ben Garland get way downfield a few times uh, famously against New Orleans uh in in what was uh probably a, a a cheap penalty on him it was actually a really great block um but yeah I mean that that would be a, a huge question mark and, and I wonder what the 49ers would do if 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 either Gardland uh, couldn't play or got hurt during the game or, or couldn't finish the game, uh, whether they would move Brunskill to center, which would mean Tom Compton goes to right guard, or whether they keep Brunskill at right guard and, and put Horanis Grisou in at center. Uh, I thought that Grisou was practicing a lot better than he did when he uh, first came in towards the end of training camp, although we, we haven't seen a practice. And uh, a week and a half now so it's hard to say but that would be a, a conundrum for the team and, and you're right that's the uh, that's the spear point of that uh, of that offensive line and, and that's why Kyle Shanahan makes a, a big effort uh, he did it in, in Atlanta and he did it with the 49ers to, to bring in a good mobile uh, veteran center that's how important it is to this team so that's a uh, that's a potential weak spot uh, we've talked about uh, wide receiver. Dennis, are, are there other um, uh, areas that you're thinking about, that you're concerned about for the 49ers going into this game in, uh, uh, in week one?
2: I wouldn't say concerned, but I am excited to see the matchup between Chandler Jones and Trent Williams. I just want to see what Trent Williams looks like after a year out of football uh, and Chandler Jones, the way you know he's that 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 guy—he's the strength, he's the quickness, he's the speed—and I, I just kind of want to see that matchup and
0: just kind of see how it progresses throughout the game. Well, let's talk about predictions, guys. It's that time again. It's oh, been a long time coming. Yeah, this was always my favorite part of the podcast, but it's yeah, been Dennis months. Dennis and I weren't ready. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not ready either. I don't even know what I'm going to pick. I was going to yeah, hope that you guys yeah. go first, and then I would base it off of you. But I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll toss out a courtesy since it was. Uh, since I sprung that on you, I'll, I'll pick first here. Um, I'm going to talk my way through it though, because I honestly don't know at this point. Uh, last year, we saw the 49ers beat the Cardinals. I believe it was 28-25, so it was a three-point win. They just hung on. I think Ross Dwelly had the catch that sealed the game in Arizona on that Thursday night. Then they turn around and they play the Cardinals two weeks later. That game was even crazier. Remember, the 49ers fell behind 16-0. They weren't able to do anything offensively when Kyle Shanahan dialed up that pinball screen to Richie James. 70-yard gain. He had like four offensive linemen sprinting 50 yards downfield. Awesome play. It really reversed the momentum of the season at that point because the 49ers had lost to Seattle, not done anything the week prior. Then they were down 16-0 to Arizona. All of a sudden, an 8-0 start was going down the toilet right at, at the time. So that was one of the, the, the big plays of the year in my opinion. And it, it happened in a game where we, we had the two offensive minds going head to head. We had Kyle Shanahan and Cliff Kingsbury going head to head. So I think that that's going to be a theme again. I think we're going to see some nice plays. We're going to see some things that Kyle has been cooking up all off season, Cliff Kingsbury too. So we're going to see points I think in this first game. And uh, I ultimately think that the 49ers defense is still better than the Cardinals defense In fact, until Cliff Kingsbury proves that he can coach a team that actually does, you know, have a defense, which he hasn't ever really done, even in college or into the NFL, I just can't, you know, buy that. So I think that the 49ers will put up 30 plus on the Cardinals this week. Let's say 34 for the 49ers, and I think the Cardinals will score some, but uh, not quite enough to beat the 49ers. 34-24 final 49ers win.
1: I'm going with uh, 30-17 49ers win. I think it's a fairly comfortable win. I think it's the 49ers rushing attack, which was humming uh, at the end of last season, uh, which the Cardinals really never got a, a huge taste of. And um as Dennis mentioned I mean there there's a new guy at left tackle and he's really really good Trent Williams and he is um eager to to get back to playing football and so uh, I think uh there there's going to be some holes on the left side I think Trent Williams is going to get out into space and he's going to uh that that's going to be fun to watch what what he can do against cornerbacks and defensive backs and smallish linebackers. Uh, I think you're going to see some destruction there. So, I don't see the Cardinals stopping this running game. Um and uh if that's the case, then everything falls into place for the for the 49ers. I
2: think it's going to be a close game. I think these teams are not evenly matched, but I think both teams have the ability to put points on the board. Uh I think you're going to see a lot more Kyler Murray. I think he's going to make a lot of big plays. I think he is gonna get uh his his rhythm with uh with his receiving crew, which I think is it's gotta be one of the tops in the NFL. I just I, I don't see I don't see the defense, the Arizona defense being able to shut down the 49ers offense, especially when you're gonna see those two two tight end sets. So I'm gonna say uh, I think it's gonna be close, but I think it's gonna be a lot of points this game. Let's say 30, 27, 49ers.
0: Yeah, that actually might be the kind of game that most resembles what we saw last year. And then, you know, a lot of people think that Cardinals are on the up and up. Uh, again, I think no matter what happens on the offensive end, if they can't figure out a way to have a defense that's ranked above whatever it was, like number 28 last year, that team is just going to be 7-9, 8-8 eight eight every year. That That's what Cliff Kingsbury has to overcome is the fact that his team's at – every level have just not been balanced so we'll get our first look at Arizona to see if he's somehow figured out that side of the ball but for now uh, I agree with you guys and I think that we're unanimous in that well we're going to talk to you all after the game on Sunday well same plan as last year we're going to have post-game podcasts on Sunday Monday Thursday whenever the 49ers play this season and then we're going to have midweek podcasts just like this one Um, to really help bridge the gap in between all the games. So hopefully by the time we talk next, the situation around the world, or I guess California in particular, is a lot less apocalyptic. We'll cross our fingers, just sit back, see what happens, and uh, hopefully have uh, a good football game on Sunday to keep our minds off of everything else going on. Well, thank you uh, to Matt and thank you to Dennis. We'll talk to you guys next time. This is David Lombardi, week one coming up.